Women aren't born warriors, we become them. And the road to becoming a warrior is bumpy as hell. Each week I'm interviewing women who through tragedy and triumph are leaping for greatness. Get ready to unleash your inner warrior. I'm Liz Swadek, and this is Conversations with Warrior Women. Have you ever dreamed of having your own podcast? I did, and I launched it, but I couldn't have done it by myself. I worked with Becky Harrington. BH Marketing saved me. They helped me launch my dream podcast. They helped me develop it, brand it, record it, publish it, and even promote it. If you're curious about launching your own podcast, look no further than BH Marketing. That's bhmarketingfirm.com. And tell them that Liz sent you. Use code WARRIOR for your special discount. Hello, Warrior Women. We are here again. I'm your host, Liz Swadek. Let me take a moment to praise you, to praise you for showing up here today. The fact that you have carved out this time for yourself to listen and be inspired tells me you're putting yourself first, which is what we need to do to survive. Today's show is all about being fearless, focused, and flexible. And it's these three traits that can lead to greatness and leaping for greatness is what we're all about, of course. It may seem impossible to be fearless during this time. It may be hard to focus during this time. And you may be forced to be flexible at this time, but today's guest embodies all three of these traits and has used them to turn tragedies into triumphs, obstacles into opportunities. She is a powerhouse, and I am so excited to learn from her today, and I know that you will be too. But first, our sponsor. Boy, do I love a brand that gives back. My Saint, My Hero by Amy D'Ambra. You remember Amy? She came on the podcast and told us how inspired she was. She was a tired mom, but then she heard a voice from God telling her to create My Saint, My Hero brand. And that's how it was born. But they give back. The way these bracelets are made is with women in other countries and it helps them to rise above poverty. I love these blessing bracelets, but my new favorite one is the Hope Lights the Way bracelet. In collaboration with Brianna McNeil, Olympic gold medalist in the hurdles track and field, no matter what hurdles in life we face, she reminds us to take a big leap of faith and hope for a brighter moment. The fact that we have air in our lungs is a gift we're celebrating something that we never even think about breathing but the hope lights the way bracelet is my new favorite i also love the grounded in faith bracelet but whatever i'm doing i feel protected by my blessing bracelets i have them all in a stack on my arm go to her website and check them out mysaintmyhero.com and get a blessing bracelet or the hope lights the way If you want to spend some more time with me, go to thewarriormoms.co. And on that website, you can read articles on everything from marriage and parenting to recipes and gift guides. And you can even laugh a little bit, some fun articles on there too. And you can also sign up for my e-blasts and access the podcast there by clicking on that podcast link. Okay, on with the show. Today, we're talking to Barbara. Is it now, how do I pronounce your last name, Barbara? I didn't even ask you that. Gutterman. Gutterman or Gutterman? It's somewhere in the middle, Gutterman. I want to make you like German. I want to be like Gutterman. Yeah, so it could be. I kind of want to do that. Okay, Barbara Gutterman, she has been a successful entrepreneur for 35 years. 
At the young age of 23, Barbara co-created a telecommunications company that was one of the nation's first competitive local phone companies. Since then, she's launched companies and managed businesses in a multitude of other industry segments, including retail, franchising, manufacturing, fine jewelry, and in internet-based startups. Barbara is currently a mentor and partner in several startup businesses and runs a women's speaker series called Teach, Give, Inspire Fridays, a platform that allows women the opportunity to empower themselves, their businesses, their families, and their communities. Barbara is also the president and COO of OTG Baby Inc., an emerging manufacturer of functional, fashionable, and innovative baby gear and bags. Welcome, Barbara. So happy to be here. I am so thrilled. Barbara and I, first of all, I didn't tell Barbara it was Pacific time. So Barbara was like signing on. We have had such a crazy day. And then I had another podcast go over. So Barbara's like, are you coming? Are you coming to the podcast? So thank you, Barbara, for your patience. Well, it's just such a joy to spend the afternoon with you. I thought I was going to be spending the morning with you, but any time of day is great. So I'm I'm just happy to be here. I mean, you're closer to cocktail hour, Barbara, so it's going to be great. <laughs> okay, here we go. Barbara, I want to know, I like to start at the beginning. You know how I am. What was it like for you growing up? And well, why I want to know what you were like growing up and what did your parents instill in you that led you to be so fearless and focused? Well, I was a gangly child. I'm six foot tall. So I was always the tallest young girl in my class, taller than the professors, taller than the boys. And so having self-confidence was uh, not always the easiest thing to find um, outside. Validation wise, I had to find it within myself. But there was um, a real milestone moment that I recall when graduating elementary school, which at that time was fifth grade, and my grades were not so good. I got all C's. And I remember the principal um, came over to me and said, what's the matter, little girl? You know, like, why are you crying? What's going on? And I said, look, and I showed her my report card and I had gotten all C's. And the thing that she said to me next was such a powerful, pivotal moment in my life. I didn't even realize at that point that it would change me forever. But she said, it's okay, honey, to be average. And I thought to myself, I mean, I, I knew better even then that it was not okay to be average. And so from that moment on, I always had this fear of being average. And so I made it kind of my life's mission very early on to try and be not just ordinary, but extraordinary. And I wasn't sure how that was actually going to unfold as my life unfolded, but I always knew inside that I just could not be mediocre. Barbara. First of all, that breaks me up because what, I'm sorry to say an asshole for saying that to you, number one. That breaks me up because my daughter is was in is in sixth grade, was just in fifth grade. If someone said that to my daughter, I would knock them out, number one. Number two, you need to immediately listen to Dr. Serena Fierro's podcast because on that episode, she had a very similar thing happen. She looked into her file. She was at an inter- interview for her master's and she looked into her file and it said on her file, nothing special. Oh my God. And she said to herself, are you even kidding me with this? This person thinks I'm nothing special that I've not. And you know what? She's made it her life mission to be special and to be something special. So I am 
glad that person said that to you because obviously this is this fuel in your heart that has happened, but I'm devastated too because it makes me sick to think somebody could say something like that. But oh, I mean, it just shows me why you're such a powerhouse is that you took that and you didn't say, okay, well, that's just it for me. You know, you said, what? No, <laughs> you know, but, but tell me also about your parents. Cause I know your parents are, were remarkable. I mean, we've talked a little bit about this offline, but your parents were remarkable people in terms of also teaching you that fearlessness and like, and, and instilling that in you. Absolutely. And I think this goes to our point as parents ourselves and uh, as, as individuals who say things to other people, the impact of our words and our actions really do matter. And so I had the opportunity to be the daughter of these two remarkable people. My father was raised in an orphanage and didn't think anybody loved him. His, his father left him there after his mother died in childbirth and never came back to get him or his brother. And he kind of was on his own, but he never let that get in his way. And once he was able to leave there, he was there from the age of two to uh, uh, 14. And once he was able to leave there, he joined the Merchant Marines and he said, I'm going to make something of myself and became a successful entrepreneur um, at the age of 50 after many failed attempts at all kinds of different things. But he was able to get people to believe in him and he was able to find people who would support his dreams. And so um, unfortunately for him, uh, although he was very successful at the age of 50, he died at the age of 51 from kidney cancer. Oh my God, he achieved all of that. Oh, so I hate that. <laughs> yes, but he was unable to enjoy the fruits of his labor. Oh. Um, but him, you know, he was my hero. And it really made me um, believe that I could do anything myself. And then what happened next was my mother, who um, immigrated from Germany and lived through the Holocaust. Uh, which made her. No, I did get so the Gutterman is ger- German. I made. I thought I was being funny. So you are German. Right, no, Gutterman is my husband's name, and his parents are from Poland. So. Oh, okay. I thought I was like a psychic over here. Okay, forget it. Okay, so yes. Um, and so my mom uh, came over as a young girl, made a life for herself here, became a banker, married my dad, and shortly after his passing, you know, she had three teenage children. We were 13, 14, and 15 at the time. And so she had to step in, rely on her own skills uh, to run his business, his hospital corporation. Uh, And she had no knowledge of how to do that, but she was fearless. She said, look, the most important thing is putting food on the table for my family, and I'm going to do whatever it takes to do that. And so watching her just step in and do whatever she had to do in spite of her own fear, in spite of her own inadequacies, she always felt like an imposter. And yet she was the most remarkable woman. One of the things I loved so much about her and allowed her to be successful was she never saw people as their job. She saw everyone as a person and she treated um, executive administrator at the hospital the same way she treated the janitor. And so she was beloved um, and successful in continuing to build his hospital corporation. So really it was watching both of my parents um, and the mentors that I was so lucky to have along the way that taught me to be fearless um, about where I wanted to go and how I was going to get there. And often, as we know, especially in the age of Corona, you have to be flexible if you are going to be successful. There's just no way around oh it. Oh my gosh, there is no way around it. You, we don't even have any choice. I mean, but that is an incredible thing. I mean, you, first of all, everyone has the imposter syndrome, I'm realizing. Even the people, I mean, J-Lo has it. Like when, when, when I hear J-Lo in an interview go, 
well, I have all these records and I made all these millions and I did all these movies, but sometimes I just don't feel like I'm good enough. I'm like, oh my good God. You know, I mean, we all have it. So we just have to fight against it. But the fact that your mom stepped in like that and just did that, I mean, what a great example for you of just a can-do spirit and let never say die. Just like, I'm going to get in there and I'm going to learn what I'm going to learn. I'm going to, I have to do it. There's just no way around it. But you, you, Barbara, at the age of 23, started your first company. And I need to know about that. How did that even happen? Well, I graduated um, with a telecommunications degree from the University of Florida. I was really a broadcast news major and wanted to be a newscaster. So I thought until I realized that there really wasn't a lot of opportunities for women to make their way quickly to the top. Um, it was before cable TV and so on. And so I thought, you know, this is going to be a long road if I want to become Barbara Walters one day. So I'm not going to do that. I'm going to choose telecommunications over broadcasting. And I ended up answering an ad in a newspaper for a telecom company. As it turns out, it was really that I was going to be a salesperson cold calling and trying to sell competitive long distance services. But that was okay because like I tell a lot of young entrepreneurs and women, you have to start someplace. And not every job is the job, but every skill that you learn at every job is going to help you at the next position and station in life. And so I learned my way around sales. I learned my way around the phone company industry. And while I was there, I had the opportunity to work with an engineer who had the experience to think about how would one go about engineering a competitive local phone company? But the timing was also right. It was shortly after divestiture of the phone company, something your younger viewers and listeners might not know about, but it was the breakup of the bell system. And that allowed for competition in long distance service, but competition had not yet begun in local service. And right. so we were ahead of the curve and together um, we decided we were gonna leave that company and he was gonna use his engineering expertise and experience to to help um, build the new brand and the new company. And I was going to use my sales skills, which I felt confident about. And um, unfortunately, or fortunately, I had a few dollars from my father. Money had been put away after his passing for, for us to start something new in life. And so it was the perfect combination. And we left the company together shortly after um, planning and, and strategizing. And we launched what we were hoping would be one of the nation's first competitive local phone companies. And it was, um, and it was such an interesting time, but absolutely, we had no idea that we would be successful and that we would ultimately be leaving our mark on history. Yeah, I mean, it, it really is incredible. Just like even thinking of you at 23, I mean, do you look back at that girl and say, wow, like, I mean, because really that's remarkable to like have kind of that ability to leap even at that age and just be like, I'm just going to go for it and just be fearless. I mean, it, it seems like everything in your life was a little bit leading up to that too, but it's still, it just blows my mind. But it was also a right timing, a right place, right? A right time in the world, all that. And part of that being fearless is something that I think we as women um, really allow to paralyze ourselves at this point. Why I was so successful at that point is I didn't know what I didn't know. So there was no fear of all the things that I believed or knew could stop me. You know, I just knew that I was going to give it everything I had. Now we are so consumed with what we, you know, somebody knows more than we do, or we think we're not good enough or whatever that is. We allow all that noise to get in the way of being great. But when you don't know what you don't know, then you're fearless and nothing can stop you. Yeah, I, I, and, and I, I could not agree more. 
I, I feel like that's how I felt about podcasting. I was like, let me just try, you know, I'm just going to do this. Had no idea what podcasting even was. In fact, didn't know how to listen to one. Did not ha- know where it was on my phone. Had to have someone show me and then look at me now. Like, I mean, I really did. I, and I had all these fears about it because I was like, how am I going to find guests and how am I going to get sponsors? And then just once I was off and running, I was like, this is actually not that bad. Like I can actually do this. And then even more than that, I never run out of amazing women like you to talk to. So it's really, it's been keeping me alive, especially during COVID. Hello. Um, so Barbara, in researching you, one of, I mean, you, you're very accomplished in, in business. I mean, I, I said in the beginning when I was talking about you, you're a powerhouse. You really, really, truly are. Um, but it's your role as a mother. When, when I was reading up on you, that was actually, that blew my mind. So tell me about your sons. So I actually have three sons and one is, is here with his pregnant wife. I'm going to be a grandmother in about six weeks. Ah, so great. Yeah, I love it. Um, and this young man who was a little boy when I met his father uh, had lost his mother to breast cancer. And so oh. my husband proposed on our first date. I said, yes, the next day. Cause of course I needed a little more time. I didn't want to jump in so quick. 24 hours later. He proposed said, on your first date? 20 minutes into the date. Stop it. Right. Oh my God. Yeah, I knew. Um, and so I, uh, he introduced me the next day to his 10 year old son who had lost his mother to breast cancer and he was the sweetest little boy and all he needed was love. Oh. And so we, I said yes the next day. And, um, my, my first major challenge was, um, you know, raising this young boy who, um, needed so much love. We would have to, um, we would get phone calls. Are you in range? Are you in range? And so there was so much fear there for him. And so I spent you know, the first couple of years of our marriage just diving into just nurturing this boy and, yes. and loving him back to, to wholeness. Um, and we got pregnant on our honeymoon and um, soon found out that we were having another little boy. And it was shortly after um, our middle son was born that we realized things were not progressing in terms of milestones. He was missing milestones and, and not developing in a typical way. And as it turns out, he was um, diagnosed early on with um, pervasive developmental disorder, which is, you know, significantly delayed and um, in, in many areas of development. And we did not know what that meant. Um, yeah, I mean, I really don't even, I, I guess that seems like a general diagnosis that you have to like just do a lot more to dive in, right? Exactly. Um, and the specific diagnosis didn't matter because what really meant, what that really meant for us is that we just needed to intensively intervene and find some way to access him in every way that we possibly could. And so I enrolled him in a preschool program that was not too far from our home. And, you know, shortly a few weeks after being there, the teacher asked if she could meet with me and she just proclaimed, you know, we don't think your son's going to be successful here. We believe, quote unquote, he has special needs. And um, it was a really um, pivotal moment again in that a, I hated what she said and how she delivered the news felt so unfair. And yet, thank goodness she did, because it was the thing that catapulted us to um, early and intense intervention um, for his ultimate recovery. And his um, then little brother, who was just an infant, I would carry him on my hip every time I went to drop off his brother for therapy in school and so on. And one of the therapists one day said to me, Mrs. Gooderman, how's the baby? And I said, he's fine. He's great. He's just doing well. And she just looked at me and she said, I don't think so. And it was um, 
you know, I still lose my breath when I think about it. That's when the other shoe dropped. And we knew that his challenges were even more significant uh, than his brother, who was just a few months older. And so that is when I said to myself, okay, I know what I need to do here. I now need to be um, the CEO of my children. I know how to pull together resources and a plan to build a business. My business now is going to be recovering these kids. And so for the next 10 years, I was very much on a deep dive rescue and recovery mission, as I call it, to recover these children, to get them connected to the world around them. And um, I'm happy to say that we were successful in doing that. You know, the uh, the young one is now turning 20 and um, taking his first semester of online school at American University as a freshman in college. And um, my son, who is turning 21, is now a junior at George Washington University on a full scholarship. Um, They're both kind and loving boys who understand for themselves what it means to work hard. And they know themselves how to um, overcome obstacles, challenges in the face of their own fears. It's really been blown away. I am blown away by you. I I just, I think about that and I think, okay, you have this first son and you are, you know, you're trying to kind of bring him back after this tragedy and try to give him the confidence to know that he's got a good place to be. And then here you are pregnant and you're like, okay, we got through that. And then, then you get this news, pervasive development disorder. And you're like, okay, you, you take that hit. You're like, all right, let me really get in on this. Let me get into therapy. And then to have the baby on your hip, someone to say, I don't think that's going, that's not, there's something going on. I think I would have just dropped dead in that moment. I mean, that is just unbelievable that you, I'm I'm just so amazed by the way you just took that. I like, I'm going to be the mom CEO. I mean, you, you really took that on and said, you know, I can figure this out. Like this is, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to be the CEO mom and I'm going to do it. And, and obviously, look at the benefits you reaped. These these kids are thriving and, you know, living living and doing great. What choice do we have? What choice do we have as mothers, as women, as warrior women, other than to put everything that we possess, every cell in our body, every ounce of energy that we have, putting our own personal things aside? I mean, there is no choice. And I watched my mother do that to raise three teenagers, just like I knew I had to do it myself. And, you know, ultimately loving your children and nurturing them, no matter what the result is at the end, is, is completely worth it. And, but, but there was a price to be paid in that for those 10, 15 years where I was solely devoted to all three of these children. Yeah. Uh, isolating. And I wasn't a soccer mom and I wasn't invited out, you know, for lunches with the girls and things like that. And even if I had been, I couldn't go. It was really more about the kids. And so after I knew they were on their way and life was going to be okay for them, that's when I knew that I needed to get back out there and start to make a difference again. But I realized many people didn't know me, although they thought they did. Oh, she's that girl that blah, blah, blah. Right. right. But we really know about people until we find out more, until we ask the next question, until we take time to discover the uniquenesses and passions of other people around us, we know nothing about them. And that just really getting beyond, hi, how are you? Because next mission's in life for me. Yeah. So you really believe in that. I mean, you, we've kind of talked about how being fearless and focused and flexible 
those character traits help you get through some of these like dark moments. But I love that that is sort of one of your kind of deep mantras that you have is that you really try to connect with each person. Like you don't want to just be like a surfacey person because now that you are out in the world, now that you can be out and you, now that you can say, okay, I've, I've done my work for these kids and they're now can flourish on their own to, to be out in the world. Now you really want to connect with everybody because you kind of been away. So it's amazing that you took that on that way too. Well, it isn't uh, much different than what you're doing in in a different form we do it. But, you know, honestly, you're all about connecting and telling stories of powerful women whose voices will resonate with so many other women. And that was really what allowed me to think about starting the TGIF platform. I had a girlfriend whose um, husband had died by suicide. Uh, 14 years earlier, and she, um, 14 years later, was able to tell the story, um, wanted to tell the story of what allowed her to kind of get through it. She was uh, had 20-month-old twins and um, was a financial advisor and a lawyer and found herself as a single mother raising these babies on her own and really needing um, financial support and information in order to keep her family whole. And she said, wow, I'm someone who has these tools. What about other women who don't? Yes. Oh my goodness. We show up the way we think. And in the event that things aren't perfect for someone out there, what are the tools they need to know? So she wrote this book called I've Still Got Me. And I said, you know, we got to get you, Michelle. We got to get you in front of a group of women. I'll just put together this small gathering and we'll have a little book talk in my living room. And um, that was the beginning of Teach, Give, Inspire Fridays. I thought, well, gosh, Michelle can teach us about things. I mean, yes. Well, I I want to get to that. But before I get to that, I want to ask you, because I'm going to, I want to get deep into that. But I feel like one of the themes of your whole life has been like mentorship. Like people have mentored you, you've mentored other people. Talk about that a little bit. Like what is the value and what have you found to be the value of mentorship? Well, I, you know, I think it's probably the most critical element of my success over the years, starting with my parents, but then uh, along the way, one of the mentors who um, I met um, while I was starting the business was a gentleman who had started a company just like I wanted to start. And so I, I, um, I read this article about him. I put the, the newspaper down. I picked up the phone. People don't use the phone anymore. And um, I called. I called him like blind. And the secretary answered, and I said, um, could I please speak with Mr. Scott Brody? And she said to me, junior, senior. And I was almost panicked because I'm like, well, the article didn't say. But You're I like, forever, but guess the old one. <laughs> so anyway, moments later, this, this guy was on the phone, and I said, are you the gentleman I just read about on the cover of Telecommunications Week? And he said, yes, I am. Uh, but he was obviously very agitated by my call and the fact that his secretary put it through. And he told me he was very busy and that he needed to go. And I said, well, wait, I, I, is there, can I ask you a question before you hang up? And he said, sure. So I said, do you have any children? And he, he did. I said, do you have a daughter? And he said, I do. And she's about your age. And I said, well, you know, if she had a dream and you weren't here to help her realize it, wouldn't you hope someone would? And he said, well, of course. And I said, well, my father passed away many years ago and I could sure use your help with my big dream. And so- I mean, Barbara, way to go. I love that. 
that's how it all happened. He came on my first board of directors and he agreed to mentor me through my early business success. He called me every morning at 5.30 on his commute. And he said to me, okay, get your ass out of bed, kid. And this is what you need to do today. And I'm like, okay. And trust me, I was not going to let him or myself down. And he would call me on his way home to see if I had done it. The key was he never did anything for me except tell me what he thought I needed to do for myself. And so that mentorship and accountability was really, really critical. And um, yeah, so he was was like an accountability partner, right? Like he was checking in on you. He's not going to do it for you, but he told you what you should be doing and he checked in. Absolutely. And and another really important mentor uh, of mine shared a powerful thought about focus that I've never forgotten. And I put into my daily practice. And that is, he said, first things first, second things never Another word. Oh, explain that. And it changes every single day. Let's say you have a very important day planned, your plate is full, and your daughter gets sick. And your daughter has to go to the doctor. What's your first thing? It's not your full schedule. It's your daughter, right? And so if we have the ability to prioritize what's really important, first things first, second things never, once you get your daughter handled, The rest is easy and it falls in place as it should. Trying to do all those things, worrying about your daughter and not being able to take care of her does not work. No, it doesn't work. First things first, second things never. Okay, so I love that. First things first, second things never as a way to prioritize. What, Barbara, I mean, my God, I can't, this is a big question, but thank God I gave it to you ahead of time so you've thought about it. But what do you want your legacy to be? Oh my goodness. Uh, When I was 23, I wrote my mission, my personal mission statement, and it hasn't changed. And that personal mission statement nearly 30 some odd years later was that I wanted to be a powerful force for positive, loving change in my own life and in the lives of people around me. When I evaluate business opportunities, when I evaluate charitable endeavors that I'm being presented with, when I evaluate almost anything, friendships and things like that, I say to myself, does that fit into my authentic filter of who I am and where I want to spend my time and the gifts that I I want to leave with people? And so I would say, you know, to be a powerful, loving, positive force in my own life and in the lives of the people around me. And so I just want to actually be remembered as being kind. Yeah. I mean, I love the idea that you just said of having an authentic filter. I think I have a bunch of girlfriends right now who are going through different kind of friendship things. Cause you know, friendships change over your forties and your fifties. And I'm, I'm in a place where it's either a hell yes or a hell no. It's really very black and white now. And I know who I should have in my life and who I shouldn't. And, And I even get immediate reads now, like, Oh, like I'm of course always cordial and nice and friendly, but like, I know who to just literally walk away from immediately. I can get that energy and I'm like, nope, that's not happening. So it's, it's, a, it's a, a great idea to have this authentic filter to say, is this person, is this thing, is this business really aligning with my core values and who, and who I want to be and what I want to put on the world? It's really, that's a brilliant way to look at it. Yeah. It really is makes it easy. You know where you should be spending your time. You know who you should be spending your time with. And um, it just works. Yeah. Well, tell me. Okay. So now let's go into Teach, Give, Inspire Fridays, which I am dying to come to. I know you have one coming up on the 25th, but of course, 
I'm going to be away in the, in the woods camping. God pray for me, pray for me in the camping in the woods. Jesus help us. My idea of camping is the four seasons. So I don't really understand why I'm doing this, but I'm doing it. Um, but so I'm going to have to catch the next one. Um, but to, yeah, tell me kind of, you, you said it originated with this, like, kind of like in your living room, like a little kind of grassroots thing, but now it's become this big thing. So tell me about it. It originally in my living room. We wanted to tell Michelle stories and I thought she could teach us something. And then I realized I had another friend who was a remarkable woman who had run a charity for 11 years. And I thought she could talk about giving back to the community. She was a, is a newscaster here. And, and then I had another friend who was starting um, an online community on Facebook for women empowering women. And she's also the mom of, um, of a young man who has autism and had a very inspiring story. And I thought, well, gosh, We'll have Michelle get talk about teaching. We'll have Sean talk about giving. We'll have Eva talk about inspiring. It was a Thursday when everybody agreed to speak. I thought, okay, teach, give, inspire. And Thursday afternoon, I called a girlfriend who was a graphic designer and a brilliant marketing person. I'm like, can you get me a logo? And <laughs> let's have it be done tomorrow. And we'll just call it Teach, Give, Inspire Fridays. And that's how it all began. And so we had our first conference uh, in February of 2019 with 130 women um, in my in my home. And then I realized, oh, we could actually hold 170 women. And so the next and the next and the next and the next conference, we were able to um, sell out to 170 women in, in attendance at each event. And at each event, we have, we, we talk about topics, um, not necessarily related to business, but related to humanity and who we are as people, allowing us to connect Again, you're going to hear me say authentically with one another um, because so many powerful connections can be made when you're kind of really meeting heart to heart. And um, so, for instance, uh, I like to tackle topics that are not easy to talk about. One of our speakers was this phenomenal woman. Her name is Chanel Leake. She runs an organization called Extraordinary Birthdays. And what Chanel's committed to doing in the world is providing birthdays to homeless children. Uh, what is her organization called? extraordinary birthdays. I can't with this. And so Chanel made it her personal mission working through all of the homeless shelters in in DC, Virginia, and so on to let children know that they matter. I mean, we think about your own children and the birthdays that we have put together over the years, right? We've done way too much for kids, I'm sure. Over the top, yes. Kids know they matter when somebody remembers that they, it's their birthday, or if they have something of their own with their own name on it, right? And so Chanel uh, and her team of volunteers, which include decor companies and party makers and bakers and um, decorating companies, she goes into shelters throughout the uh, D.C., Maryland, and Virginia area, and she lets these kids and their parents know that they matter because oftentimes ending up homeless does not mean that you're a victim uh, it just means you've hit on hard times and it happens to so many people, whether you're a victim of domestic violence or something else. And so she looks at all people and all children um, the same. And we um, were so happy to support her organization and let people think about things they're not thinking about. Yes. Yes. Because you know what? That's a funny thing. You're right. You think about homeless people, you, you want to give them blankets or food or money, or you want to help them get off the street, but you forget about something like a birthday, especially for a kid. You know, right. when you're a homeless kid, you've got a lot going on. And, and to think maybe someone could just even skip over your birthday just because right. it's too much to deal with, right? Like, it's just, yeah. That might mean you don't matter. But you know what? We know that all kids matter. And so Chanel's just one example. We've had over 20 speakers. 
Um, and our your, your events are normally in person. Well, yes, yeah. they were until March 6th. March 6th was our last in-person event and um, it was an extraordinary day. And then as we know, and, and we all were kind of feeling Corona kind of around us. Nobody was giving big hugs and kisses. We were elbow, you know, bumping and air kissing. And um, less than a week later, the world shut down. And so it was a you know, scary time for everybody. And so what we did here at TGIF was we shifted our platform to virtual. And now, we, um, now it's called TGIFV. And rather than um, coming to and bringing everyone to my home once a quarter, we're able to now bring extraordinary speakers to our population of over a thousand um, participants um, you know, nationwide now because you don't have to be in my living room. We can reach you in California. And well, that's our- what I think is so great. I mean, even though this was sort of, you know, an in-person thing, I think it's so great. You're taking it to a wider audience. You know, right. you were kind of had to pivot that way, but it's, it's amazing. Look at that, right? right. Look at the people you can now involve. Right. It's the same thing. We're talking about what does it take? It takes being flexible. And we thought the platform is too important to go away just because we can't see you in person. So, right, we pivoted and now it's a, a virtual monthly, um, lovely opportunity for women to engage and, and think about what really matters. And the next one is September 25th. Next one is September 25th, where we have um, award-winning, Emmy award-winning journalist, Denise Schreier Chetta, who has been a 60 Minutes producer and writer for the last 20 years. And she um, got her Emmy for a really powerful piece uh, on lynchings. Uh, And um, in in fact, they have their roots. Some of of that has its roots here in Montgomery County, where we live. And so we thought, given um, where we are in the world with racial injustice, and um, people's hearts and minds being open to creating equality, that this would be a great time to bring Denise to the platform, have her share some of the most extraordinary stories that she worked on. She's gonna be talking about telling stories that matter. And she's gonna be um, taking us through her award-winning piece that she worked on with Oprah. So we're really excited to have her on September And there be a recording of it too? Like if we wanted to watch it after the fact? Okay, so I'm going to put all these links in the show notes for that. Yeah. But I, I would love, yeah, because since I can't attend this one, I want to make sure I get to see it. And it's a free event, so all are welcome. You just need to go on and register so we know you're there. Okay, so tell us what is next for you, Barb. I mean, I can't even imagine what's next for you because you're just such a powerhouse, but I know there's something that's coming, I know. So what's next for you? And also tell us about um, your, your company, the, 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 yeah, the company that you, that you started. So a few things are next, actually. Uh, getting my kids through virtual college is next. Ah. But, yeah, what's really next is that I'm be a grandmother in six weeks. So I'm very- <laughs> Yes! Is it a boy or a girl or do you know? A girl, and we have- <laughs> Three sons, so this will be wonderful. I mean, you deserve a girl, Barbara. No one deserves a girl more than you. No, no one. I no one shares my clothes, so I can't wait. <laughs> yeah. So um, several years ago, my middle son was a senior at the Bullis School here in Potomac, Maryland, and he has had an entrepreneur flame himself. And so he was a part of a capstone program for a year and learned about entrepreneurism. And at the end of the program they were tasked with creating a product. And so he and five other students created a product um, that was a uh, portable changing station in the form of a backpack. You just unzipped it and became its it's self-supporting like little mattress for your baby. Um, And uh, they actually pitched it at their Shark Tank competition, won their Shark Tank competition, won $10,000 and were able to- Oh my God! 
reduce their first round of bags and and cross some of the legal thresholds that need to happen with with the baby product. But once the kids went off to college, uh, the rest of the group lost their interest. And my son, uh, whose name is Brett, said, Mom, look, I think there's really something here. I don't want to let it. That's my husband's name. Oh, lovely. Yeah. You and, and me. You and me. decided to, um, to buy out his uh, student partners and to continue the company. And so uh, lucky for me, I knew all about the program because I was the, the team mentor while he was in college. Uh, and so after I joined him as a business partner, and we've spent the last uh, year and a half, almost two years, rebranding and rebuilding and getting ready to launch. In the meantime, Brett was successful in obtaining a patent for his product and um, very uh, successfully also passed all the Consumer Product Safety Commission standards. And so this, this product, this um, what's called the Go Bag by OTG Babies, this beautiful, innovative um, diaper bag design, which is really functional and fashionable and allows parents, especially dads who don't have opportunities and places to change babies, uh, to have a clean, comfortable cha- you know, place to change your baby anytime, anywhere. It's really for active families. So yeah. he is going to be launching this uh, product officially um, on September 23rd in a Kickstarter program, something that was new to me, Kickstarter, but now I'm willing. Ah. And so we're really excited about bringing this product to market and we're actively um, working with influencers and, and partnership companies to, uh, to grow the brand. Okay. And there's a book though, that you're writing too, you told me about. Oh, I am actually writing um, two books, one with uh, the help of- Of course you're writing two books, Barbara, not just one. No, Deborah is helping me put together a memoir, and I, which I think will be an important piece because it talks really about the whole fearless focus and flexible approach to life um, and mentoring and mentorship and all of that. Um, and the other book is really a compilation of stories from these warrior women and, and fearless, focused, flexible women who are part of the TGI platform. Because, you know, although we've had over a thousand women in attendance, the messages and ideas and um, uh, programs and passions that have been shared, you know, have such a far reaching implication. We wanted to get their messages and my messages out to more than the folks that were able to sit in my living room. So we're hoping to extend the TGIF reach by telling powerful stories. I mean, I, I think it's such a beautiful extension of what you're doing and a way to kind of spread your message even further. But I, I love all the things you're doing. And I'm, I actually think this baby product is kind of brilliant too, just with COVID and everything and how you're, everybody's so worried about gyms to have your own little kind of thing that you can carry around. Like the changing thing that like, I don't, I mean, I have big kids now, but that would appeal to me if I had like a, a new baby, I'd be like, yes, I need my own little portable thing. So that's a brilliant idea. All right, Barbara, it's time for the speed round. Okay. Time. What is your cocktail of choice? Oh, Prosecco. Oh, you're a little fancy. I like that. (laughs) I love it. Okay. And what about your mantra or quote you live by? You kind of said some of them, but what's your, what's your, and you can have a couple mantra or quote you live by. Okay. If you can, you must. If you can, you must, if you can help, you must, if you can mentor, you must, if you can make a difference in somebody else's life, just by smiling that day, you must. It's very easy. It's simple. You can, so you must. 
Oh gosh, I love that. What simple thing do you do for yourself, a self-care tip, which I think you more than anyone, because you do a lot, you definitely need that. I exercise every single day. That hour time is my own, whether it's a spin class or running or something. I always say I would be a terrible mother, wife, friend, person, human being if I did not have my hour of exercise. It really is so critically important to my um, mental well-being in addition to my health. Yeah, it is a mental thing. And you know what? I I, I recently hired a, a personal trainer like over the last, I don't know, year. And I worked with her for a couple months and now I'm kind of doing it on my own. But one thing I really realized about exercising is it's a, it's a, the strength, the strong component, the strength component, which is when I started lifting weights and getting control over my body and getting control of my eating, it made, it, it gave me a great sense of well being, but it also made me feel very strong and powerful. And, you know, when you're in these moments of like, I'm trapped in my house and I don't know what's going on in the crazy world and politics are just insane right now. And just like everything that's happening, when you feel like you can be strong in the face of all the things that are going on, it's really it's really a great feeling. And I feel like that's part of it too. Like you need, you need that time to yourself. You need that self-care, but also you, you get to feel strong and powerful when you give that to yourself. After you're done with that hour, you're like, yes, girl, you did that for yourself today. You're proud of yourself. Bring it on. Strong body, strong mind, strong spirit. So I say, bring it on. Yes. Oh, I love it. What makes you feel unstoppable? I think my family, just that I'm grounded in um, love and my family. And uh, I feel very fortunate. I'm lucky. And, uh, and so I make sure that I protect it. Yes, 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 yes. Um, who do you most admire? My mom. My mom. I was in a writing class where I was given an assignment. I had to profile a woman uh, that I wanted to interview and I could not write and I, I wasn't able to turn in the assignment. And, and I said to the professor, I can't do this. The only woman I really want to profile and talk to and is my mom and she's gone. And he said, write it anyway, as if she were here. So I did that. And it was wonderful. So I have that profile piece that I was able to do and share with my family, but it would be my mom every day. Uh, you know, she's very much a part of my life. She sits here on my little desk. I have a beautiful. Oh, 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 hold it closer so I can see. Hold it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, beautiful. There she oh. is. So anyway, I think to myself, if I could be half the mother to my children that she was to me, then, then you know, it's oh, a gift. You, and you are, Barbara. Your mother would be so proud of you. I, I know that for sure. Um, what's exciting you the most right now? What's exciting me the most is, you know, I'm an entrepreneur from the word go. And so I'm really excited for my son and for his company. I have watched him come up against every roadblock, every wall, every stopping point, and he keeps pushing through it. So I love watching young entrepreneurs just push through the fear, push through the negativity, push through the stops and find real greatness on the other side. So I'm very excited for him. No matter what happens, he'll have learned so many incredible lessons. Ugh. I mean, yes. Barbara, I have loved talking to you today. I'm so glad that you came on. And I really am like excited to get to know you in life and to go to these Teach, Give, Inspire Fridays. I'd love for you to write something for the Warrior Moms. I feel like you, like just like your whole story. I mean, it is a memoir. Your whole story is so incredible. But thank you so much for talking to me today. Thank you so much, Liz. It was a pleasure meeting you. And I know this will not be the last time we talk. 
Oh, it, it will certainly be not. No. Okay, everyone, thank you for joining me today. Remember to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. And if you enjoyed the show, please leave us a review. This is the Conversations with Warrior Women podcast. I'm Liz Swadek. And remember, every woman has a story. You just need to ask her. Bye, everyone. <laughs>